Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is Greg Aiden with Aiden Leadership for another edition of Servant Leadership Podcast. And today, coming from Chicago and Denver, I've got two beautiful, powerful, amazing women. And I'm going to start with Renita Alexander, who I met uh, via LinkedIn through somebody who I had just facilitated a leadership uh, retreat with. And uh, we, we bumped into each other that way, and we had a couple conversations, and I said, I'd like for you to join my show, and she crazily said, sure. So, Renita, how are you today? I am amazing. We're enjoying great weather here in Chicago. It's going to be really warm for the marathon this weekend, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of feeling a little empathy, sympathy for the runners. So I'm yeah. doing good. Thank you so much for having me today. Absolutely. I'll get back to you in just a second. I want to introduce our second guest is Tanya Lauer who I met through a friend of mine who's a coach and consultant. I'll give her a name. Her name is Abigail Manning. Abigail said, you and Tanya need to meet, and we did. Uh, I know you head up Vistage and do other things. We'll find out a, a little bit more about you in a second, but how are you doing? I am great as well, Renita. I live in Monument, Colorado, just south of Denver. We are having a beautiful day as well, so life is good. Yeah. You should have told uh, Tanya and I that there was a marathon in, in Chicago, and one of us would have been there. <laughs> the Chicago Marathon is uh, we had have it hadn't had it for a minute, so it's exciting. I'm excited about going out and watching the runners. I Good. do that every year. Before you do, let's find out a little bit about you, Renita. Tell us tell us exactly what you do, uh, how you how you serve people in in your business. But I'd really like for us to focus on why why do you do what you do. Well, thank you so much again for having me. And uh, I am a leadership coach. I, I, I help people be better leaders. I you know, spent over 26 years in the Air Force. I, I cut my leadership teeth uh, in the Air Force, retired mm. as a colonel uh, a few years ago. I won't say how many because then I age myself, but yeah. uh, it's been a minute. And, um, but my leadership journey started way before then, but I won't go too far back. But one of the things I discovered uh, when I retired is there's a lot of people doing leadership mm -hmm. that don't really understand leadership, don't have a heart for leadership. And, and I believe everybody can be a better leader. And so I started my company, Leadership Unlocked, as a result of that discovery. And um, I've been doing it, plugging away. My accountant would say this is more, you know, it, it, it has been a hobby. I've gotten really serious about the business in the last couple of years and um, just, you know, taking it to another level. I do a lot of volunteering. Um, I'm a, a, a counselor at the Air Force Academy High School. I work with the cadet leadership there, uh, you know, mm. lots of volunteer opportunities. I'm a part of a team that's doing an emerging leader program. In fact, I was uh, uh, doing that earlier today with a local international company. So, you know, it's just spreading the gospel around uh, leadership and ways that we can be better leaders. So if you were to, if you were to just kind of sum it up in a sentence, why? Why did you decide to do this? Of all the things you could have done after you, you left the service, uh, why did you decide to help leaders become better leaders? Well, I, I felt like it was something that I could do. I've always been a learner of leadership. Uh, I've always studied leadership. And, you know, the biggest thing was studying me mm -hmm. and understanding how uh, my leadership journey progressed and how my leadership uh, got better as I uh, gained rank. And then, of course, coming out, uh, retiring and learning some things that I didn't know when I was actually on active duty. And so just again, you know, realizing that there's a lot of people that need that. 
And mm -hmm. um, I felt like it was something that I could help people with. And, yeah. Um, well, one uh, of my well, passions. Sure. No, no, no. Thank God you're passionate about it. And there's a there's a big difference to me between the need and the want. But and we'll we'll get into that in a second. But uh, I want to ask you, uh, Tanya, same question. What is it that you do? And how did you decide to do this? And then again, for you, why? Why do you do what you do? Yeah, so um, very similar passion for leadership. Had a corporate career where I was in leadership positions for the last 20 years. Um, really felt like in business in general, people tend to ignore the people aspects of business. So mm -hmm. left the corporate America scene to start my own consulting business. Again, focused on the people aspects of business, whether it be leadership development, healthy cultures, or employee engagement and really found a niche for that. And that led me to a Vistage and I run a CEO peer group for Vistage. And we're building that right now in the Denver area. And it's very exciting. And really for me, it was that crossroads of personal and professional growth. I have been an advocate for others and a coach throughout my professional uh, career and just really led me to where I am today to do it, like you said, on a full scale. And it just makes sense. Um, so I get to make a difference in people's lives every day on a positive aspect. And that really fulfills me. And maybe less about why you left, but why you decided to do what you do. Was it scary for you when you left your, your corporate position to, to start your own firm? And, and how did you know you were going to be successful? Um, I didn't know I was going to be successful. You always hope you're going to be successful. You just take a leap. And yeah. it's kind of like you've all seen it. You take the leap and your wings will appear. That's what happened to me. So it just felt like the right thing to do at the right time. And even in the midst of COVID, I was able to create this business and create the CEO peer group. And I feel very fortunate to do something I love and just eager to get out of bed every day. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to ask you to talk about one of my favorite words, collaboration here in a minute and give you some time to marinate in that. And back to you, Renita, for a second. What are, what is your message to the leaders that you're working with? And and what are you asking them to do a little bit better? You, you say there's a need for it, but how do you work with the people that really want it? And what do you say to them? What are, what are some, of the, some of the things you, you share? Well, um, one of the first things I learned in the Air Force was this concept, um, and I call it an Air Force axiom that I've been uh, carrying around with me for a really long time. And that is, uh, take care of the people and the people will take care of the mission. Mm -hmm. And it's my version of servant leadership. And it is about focusing on, you know, the people making sure that I am providing direction, uh, providing them direction in the way that I want them to go, providing resources, uh, making sure that they have what they need to do the job. Uh, that includes development opportunities, and you know, making sure that they are that they feel um, that they can contribute in the environment. So creating that culture where they can thrive. And you know, unfortunately, um, you know, uh, um, Tanya talked about engagement. Uh, you know, the research shows that you know so many seventy percent of the American workforce is disengaged. And so, how do you create? that place where people can thrive and that is by engaging and creating that culture and taking care of, of of them so they can show up and be the best version of themselves the most authentic version of themselves when they you know contribute what they contribute and that's you know that's kind of what i've been focused on just prior to this show i was on uh, with mark crowley mark c crowley if you're on twitter was he wrote a book called lead from the heart 
And uh, he doesn't poo-poo servant leadership. He just believes in it's, we lead from the heart for a mission. A mission is to be productive and efficient and to make money and to make sure. But I asked him in a nutshell, and he said, love your people, period. Just love your people. And he was a very successful corporate person, like you were in the Air Force and like you were, Tanya, in your corporate job. And, and I was fortunate enough to be successful in my career. We, we get in our head and we stay up there because we believe we need to tell people and expect things and we're pointing there and yelling there and if people don't work out, we'll just replace them. He, al he also reminded us just minutes ago in, a, in that show was it's four out of, four out of 10 or seven out of 10, you, you pick the number, but it's a, a lot, are considering changing jobs right now as we speak. That's a lot. So you can say that they're looking for jobs, but then you can also say, well, why? And I would believe you would say either lack of engagement, lack of trust, lack of desire to work for this, you know what, any longer, or this company just doesn't see me, hear me, appreciate me. Um, Tony, when I first met you and you were talking about Vistage, I could tell that you, you believe great things happen when you, when you bring good and great people together, and I call that collaboration. Tell us, what, is, what does your heart say around collaboration and, and why is it so important to you? I feel like it's the soul of servant leadership. Um, really, I know you had asked about um, what we believe servant leadership is, but it's that collaboration and it's empowering people. And when you help people understand that you believe in their abilities, they do great things. And mm -hmm. Renita, you had said, um, take care of your people, they'll take care of the mission. I said that same thing, except they'll take care of your business. And Greg, right behind me, I have a sign that says, love your people. So mm. it's, we're, we're all speaking Amazing. the same language here. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's important for us to understand why people are successful. And, and I didn't really know until I pulled my head out of my you-know-what that, that I had a heart. And, and I would literally joke, either on stage or with people I was interested in, in dating after my, after my divorce, I, I, I said, I have so much heart available because I never used it. And I had no idea how true that was because I didn't know how to show up for anybody else. I didn't know what compassion and empathy and passion and humility was, and now I'm teaching it. I'm teaching it only by asking people to consider what if. So, Renita, as you, as you look in front of you, behind you, next to you, what are your principles of leadership? What do you believe that a good leader, a great leader, he or she, needs to have in his or her toolkit to be successful as a leader? What two or three principles do you absolutely make sure that they, they're honed in on? My foundational principle, and I teach this regardless of what I'm sharing, be it a team, be it an individual leader, is lead yourself first. Hmm. And that incorporates, that includes several things that is self-awareness. I think self-awareness is a strategic advantage, Huge. you know, actually knowing, and so many of us don't think about, you know, the things that, what makes us, us, you know, the values, the non-negotiables, what are our strengths, how emotionally intelligent uh, are we, you know, what do we need to make a decision? So self-awareness, um, but knowing is not enough. Uh, hmm. You have to develop uh, your leadership skills between, you know, what it is that where you are and then what it is or where you want to be. Mm -hmm. And then having the discipline to actually apply what you have learned to your everyday leadership and then taking care of yourself. Uh, you know, I just believe in, in self-care. I'm a 
One of my other passions is fitness. I am a certified group fitness instructor with Bar Method. I'm a personal trainer. And so I incorporate that in my leadership, but it's, you know, taking care of yourself from a holistic perspective, you know, so that's physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And so that, you know, that's the foundation before you can lead others successfully, before you really have the privilege to lead others, you really have to focus on leading yourself. Well, you are somebody that if I met in person, I would, I would believe when you said, don't do as I say, do as I do. And as Mark Crowley said, just before you all jumped on, lead from the heart and how important is heart in leadership? So I'm going to ask you that question, Tanya. How would you explain to a 25 to 30 year old who doesn't even know why the heart is so critical to leadership? What would you tell them relative to how to use your heart when it comes to being a great leader? I think the most important piece of advice I could impart to them would be to listen with the intent to understand, not to mm -hmm. respond. I think so many people are fighting to be heard over each other that nobody's really listening to understand. And that's a problem. In the old school type of leadership, it was about you know, power from the top down, you know, listen to me, be quiet, do as I say. And now it's the other way. It's, you should be speaking less than you're in your listening. And that's very powerful because you understand what your people's needs are. You can represent them more effectively. You can get things done. And I think that as a young leader, that ability to ask questions out of curiosity and truly listen and do something with that information is very powerful. Beautiful. Well, well said. And uh, you know, there's a saying out there that says, listen, say less, listen more, lead better. And I, I can't tell you, I believe that's why I'm a decent leadership coach. I honestly believe that's why I'm a decent consultant is because I, I asked so many questions when I was little. I probably drove my dad nuts. But the favorite question I asked was why? Why are we doing this? Why, are you, why do I have to hold the flashlight like this? Why are you using this tool? Why did we do this first? So it became very natural for me to be what you used. Uh, one of my favorite leadership words is curiosity. Why don't we care enough to ask more questions and then shut up and listen? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I uh, just was going, I want to piggyback off that. You know, curiosity is one of those things that I think create agility in a leader. You know, when you have that ability to ask questions as opposed to coming in thinking that you know, you know, know everything. You don't. And you don't have to. That's okay. You don't have to know it all. I can say, <clears throat> excuse me, I can say from personal experience in a variety of groups that I've been in, the ability to share what it is that you want from the others by asking questions and then being vulnerable enough to answer the questions that are coming to you. Remember, I, I, I believe that there's a big difference between what a, what a person needs and what a person wants. We all have needs. Some of it's food, shelter, friendship. Uh, transportation, but when you really get inside someone's heart as to what they want, then, then you ask them, what are you willing to do to get there? And I don't mean break the rules or the law, but what are you willing to do when you really put everything together? And then the third question is always when. When are you going to get started? I love people that have lofty goals. I love people that have to-do lists, but unless it gets into your calendar and you own that time for yourself or for somebody else, it's just... It's just another piece of paper. It's just a sticky somewhere. And whether you're organized or not, that's not the point. It's when will you make time for the things you said you wanted to do for the reasons you said you wanted to do them. So 
how how do you how do you coach people who are just stuck, Tanya? They're in your group, they're in your they're in your practice, and they just keep saying things like, "Well, I think I can. I might be able to when I get around to it." And I know that's not your your style of client, but when they get into that, call it the victim mentality, how do you reach in and help them, or how do you guide them so? They can, they can get out of the deep end of the pool for a little while to rec- recognize they do have some tools. And I think every one of us gets stuck at some point. So for these individuals, I can think of one just last week, we did a prioritization exercise. Mm-hmm. I had her keep a journal over the past previous two weeks of everything she did in every day, where she spent her time, where she enjoyed, what she didn't enjoy, what she could delegate. And then it came back to reprioritization of all those items and what brought her joy versus what brought her results for her business. Mm -hmm. And it was very powerful because she could see where she was wasting time or felt that place of paralysis where we all get sometimes when there's way too many things on our to-do list. So we um, helped identify those that didn't move the dial for the business or her personally and helped get those off of her plate. Uh, you know, leadership is personal in the way that we lead, but what I'm discovering also is, or maybe rediscovering, is that, you know, the way we respond to leadership is also very personal and kind of, you know, based on our values and, you know, what we, um, what we are, have, have identified as non-negotiable, you know, all of those things. And I, you know, I find myself responding, you know, differently to different leaders. And, um, you know, I was just curious, uh, you know, from the both of you uh, around, you know, do you find yourself maybe as you mature as, as leaders being a lot more, um, what's the word I want, you know, refined in who you respond to and who you're willing to be led by? Hmm. Well, you, you said one of my favorite words, values. So first of all, I, I want to know what the person I'm working with values and if they're interested as, as a coach or as a leader, I will share my values. But um, so that's, that's somewhat how I respond to people. As far as being led, um, I don't know that I've been led by a lot of great leaders. I know I've had some good managers. I've probably had three really powerful people in my life that I didn't even know they were great leaders because I didn't know anything about leadership back then. So I could probably answer that question better of, better by just saying I when I work with someone I know I want to know what they value and I will I will serve them accordingly and I my answer is similar I really like to understand where people um, what they feel is valuable in their leadership style and I also find that anyone can be conversational if you want to you know have someone to attend a cocktail party with you and make conversation with anybody but what CEOs really want is to go deep They want those questions of substance. They want people that aren't afraid to ask the hard questions because a lot of times people walk around them or don't address them because of their titles. Yeah, I I believe one of the one of the biggest compliments I receive on a regular basis from my clients and it's 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 telling me that I'm I am digging, I am pushing, I am challenging, but in a loving way. And it's this this comment, you got me to think differently. And if, if that's great, because obviously what you're doing is okay, but if you want to get better, what is it that you want to do? You know, what are you willing to do to get there, and when are you going to start? And by just telling them how wonderful they are, appeasing them, and to, by telling them that everything they're doing is working, that's not true. So I want to work with someone who wants to be challenged. They value honesty, they value genuine, and they value authenticity. 
And then I ask them, how do you really want to show up for the people that you say are important to you, the people you brought into your organization? And if you climb the ladder and you, you're still in the same organization, there's, there's a team around you. What do you value about them and how are you going to serve them? Well, I, I serve them all the same. I lead them all the same. No, you don't. You, you'd be a fool to do that. Now, consistency is, is important, but what is it that he or she wants from you? And here's my favorite question as a leader. How may I serve you today? How may I be a better leader today? How may I be a, be a better parent today? And if you shut up and listen, you might just learn exactly what that person wants from you. And then you get to decide, title or not, I will or I won't. A lot of people don't believe that no is a commitment as well. So when you ask that question, how may I serve you today? What's the funniest answer you've gotten? Well, let's, let's move it over to parenting for just a second. When I ask Brooks sometimes, how may I be a better dad today? Sometimes he says, hey, let up on Jackson. And sometimes he says, let me stay up later. Let me have more Skittles. I want to go play football. At least I know exactly where he's coming from. But to those of you who aren't curious and you, because you really don't care, and I mean that, I believe the reason we don't ask more powerful, courageous, conversational questions is because we truly don't care and or we do not want the answer. And I think Renee, confidence too is, yeah. is, a, is a part of that. You know, we're, we're not confident in who we are and in our leadership. And so we show up in an insecure way. And that often, you know, shows up as we have, we think we have to know all the answers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we call that imposter syndrome and Vistage. It's very right. prevalent. Yeah. And I loved your word about, uh, you know, uh, confident and then coherence. You know, we were, are we even aware of how we're showing up? And, and I believe that, uh, that one of the best leadership tools for the money is the mirror. Look in the mirror and ask yourself, are you showing up the way you say you want to show up? Are you an imposter, like you said, Tanya? Am I being authentic, not only to the world, but more importantly to this person in the mirror? Because he or she will not lie to you unless you're lying to them. And if, especially if you're, if you're ready to, to speak to your sons or daughters or your spouse or your friend about something really important and you have no, you've, you've not prepared at all, then tell me it's really important. And where's the, where's the space in your calendar that says, prepare for a conversation with Tanya Lauer about being in Vistage or not being in Vistage? If I just wing everything, I'm just going to look like a goofball. And trust me, I know what a goofball looks like and sounds like. I've, I've been one. And, I, and I, I am one for my sons, but that's in a whole different realm. But there's two people that will determine whether I'm a good parent. Only two. And they'll say it whenever they want to say it and often as they want to say it. And, and when, I'm, when I'm gone, I just want them to say, Dad inspired us. If I get there, I've, I've succeeded. What were you going to say, Renita? I was just going to say they go on the calendar too. You know, Tanya talked about, you know, getting people to prioritize. I uh, stole an idea from Franklin Covey uh, around, you know, the, the sharpening shop saw and, yeah. and, you know, uh, being very deliberate and intentional about planning out your week. And so it's something I actually started doing uh, in the military on Sunday nights. I would plan out my week. I was a single parent. I was a commander. Uh, so I had to find those big rocks and put those in there first. And, you know, I had to own my schedule as opposed to allow somebody else to own it for me. And so I was able, you know, to, you know, take off and, and be at my daughter's, 
whatever you know was going on during the week i you know i created that kind of flexibility mm -hmm. even uh in the military and even like i said as a commander which is a 24 seven job, right? So there were some nights, you know, I, I did things after after she was already in bed, but you know, sure. I was very deliberate and I would sit it out on Sunday nights. And, and in fact, I do this now with uh, with my group. I have a set it up Sunday and we spend, you know, some time talking about, you know, some things that we can do to set up ourselves for success in whatever way do we define that. But, you know, being very intentional about, you know, putting those things on the schedule that were important, that reflected my values, that reflected how I wanted to show up, not just as an Air Force officer, but as a mom, as a sister, as a daughter, mm -hmm. as a friend, you know, in all those roles that we play. And I would make sure that those got on the calendar first. And then, you know, to the extent that I had control and I had more control than, you know, people thought, you know, like I said, I was the boss. <laughs> I had a boss, but I, but I, you know, I, I had a lot of control over my schedule. And I think that's another thing is we have so much more control than, than we think. And, you know, Tanya, when you have people do like a productivity to see where, where they're spending their time, you know, there's a lot of things that we're doing that aren't getting us where we want to go. By the way, thank you. And it's really not a, by the way, I, I don't need to say that. I just want to recognize you, Renita, for all the time you've given this country and in your service. Thank you very much. Almost 27 years. That's amazing. 26, some eight months and some days. <laughs> That's awesome. My, my pops was in the Air Force for, for a few years, and I always used to love to put, put his old unis on and the, the little blue, blue hat and run around. And yeah, I, anyway, I really appreciate you for doing that and respect you greatly. Thank you. Thank you. Tanya, parting, parting words, gifts to, to the audience. And what, says, what say you about what leaders should do if they really want to be a great leader? So I'm going to steal a page from Ted Lasso. I don't know if either of you two are fans or not, but there's mm -hmm. a scene in the first season and the message is basically be curious, not judgmental. And I think that goes a long way in terms of leadership and people really need to pay attention to that. Wow. I'm going to write that one down. I hear that a lot. And that's, that's one of the things I work on all the time is listen, appreciate, accept, and just let the person be who they are because if I accept them when I start judging them, they just, they, it just sticks on me and it, it's not my stuff. But uh, yeah, something I'm really working on too. That's beautiful. Well, I appreciate both of you. Uh, Randy Alexander from Chicago, Illinois. One, one of my favorite cities, by the way. To me, that's always been my New York in the Midwest. And uh, just down the road in Monument is you, Tanya Lauer. Thank you both for making time to be on the Servant Leadership Podcast. And I'm going to ask you a big favor. I, I need your help to uh, build our audience for the Leadership Development Day, Thursday, February 3rd. Put it on your calendar. Tell your, tell your world about it. I promise. In fact, I guarantee that anybody watches that day is going to become a better human being. They may or may not be a better leader, but I guarantee they'll be a better human being with all the powerful speakers we've got showing up for us this year. So with that, I would say thank you. Don't forget to join our Facebook group, Aiden Leadership. You can find me at aidenleadership.com. And again, Leadership Development Day, Thursday the 3rd. Nita Alexander, thank you very much. Tanya Lauer, thank you very much. And to those of you listening, remember, be kind, be considerate. As Tanya just said, listen, don't judge, accept. And uh, God bless. Go out there and hug somebody. See you soon. Thank you.